Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Well, welcome everyone to the Sincast. I am Chris Atkinson, joined again by my partner in crime, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And... Uh, once again, Music Video Sins writer, Barrett Share. Yo. We're enjoying this. Hopefully you are enjoying this. Um, you guys, have you ever seen Dead Again? Yes, but it was a <laughs> long time ago. Oh, my no. God. Dead Again is... It was uh, at least back when he was still married to Emma Thompson. Right. Yeah, it was, definitely was because they, they were in the movie together. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, That's a that's a great Kenneth Branagh movie. Uh, the, he In the middle of all the Shakespeare stuff that he did back in the day and everything, Dead Again, great it movie. It's so Branagh. Good, it's so Branagh. Uh, Robin Williams shows up for no reason in a cameo. No, he's, he's actually really that. good in it. Uh, but uh, if you want to see a, a, a little mind-twisty mystery uh, movie, Dead Again. That's a good movie. That's a good Kenneth Branagh movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Andy Garcia's in there, too, huh? Andy Garcia. Uh, Derek and... Jacoby. <laughs> Derek Jacoby's in it. Are you IMDb-ing, Barrett? Uh, no, that's just completely uh, off the top of my head, including Wayne uh, Knight. And uh, yeah. Wayne uh, Knight, Wayne Campbell Knight. Scott. That's right. Campbell it's Scott a, was in it. Very crazy. I saw this up. movie. Campbell Scott comes in very briefly uh, as yeah. a like a purse snatcher. No, it's that not a purse snatcher, but he's pretending to be someone who knew Emma Thompson when she before she lost her memory and all that stuff. It's um, like a thriller, right? Yeah, it's a thriller. Yeah. It's uh, partly in black and white when they tell a story in the past that that's that relates to a story in the uh, present. Uh, the story yeah. in the present is in color at all times. Oh, there's a lot of it's things. It's like the Schindler's List. Technique. And there's a yeah, exactly. Except uh, <laughs> not nearly as dour. Exactly uh, like Schindler's <laughs> List. Um, but uh, but yeah, and there's a lot of stuff about scissors. A lot of stuff about scissors in that movie. A lot of scissor imagery. A lot of scissor Im- imagery. Um, this was might have been an age of scissor imagery. How far away from this movie is Edward Scissorhands? Uh, it was after Edward did Scissor Scissorhands. Actually, uh, okay, so. Edward Scissorhands came first. Dead Again came out. I think the year later, maybe. I think we know where it got its inspiration. That's right. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh stealing from Edward Scissorhands to make his thriller. Mm. Yet again. Um, yet again. Dead again. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know it's funny. Uh, occasionally I will, I think I've done this all my life. Uh, I have basically in my head send commercials uh, for a really long time. And I think most people have, I mean, it's a stand up comedy uh, staple from the eighties and, and things like that. But, um, but there was a commercial that was going on that I just didn't understand at all. And it's the Trojan commercial where the couple is making out on the couch and the guy drops his condom, and and uh, I don't know if you've you seen this. Have you seen yeah, this commercial? I think so. The yeah. guy drops his condom, and then the girl's like, "No, well, look at this. I've got a condom." And then the guy's got this expression on his face, like, "I am such an idiot for dropping my condom," and he's laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And I'm like, why is he like that? Can't he just reach down and get the condom? Why no. does he have to? It's too much does, effort. Yeah. What What is the deal? Then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I saw that there was a longer version of this commercial. They actually cut out the reason for him being like he is in it. Um, the He's sitting there reaching for the condom and he can't get it. And it finally goes under the couch so that he can't get it. And that's something you don't see in the shorter version of it. Uh, so I was like, why is he being such an idiot the whole time? <laughs> um, you got to see the director's cut. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this, this goes into another commercial that I saw. And it's the uh, the Taco Bell commercial that came out uh, a few months ago uh, where the, the guy tells the story about how he got his gold PS4. And <laughs> oh, is that like the mob story? And yeah, the mob story. And he tells this great story. And of course, you know, there's the guy at the end who's like, you know, really? I thought you could get it at Taco Bell. That's how you got a gold PS4. You're a <laughs> fucking idiot. So <coughs> it was hard not to actually, when I was sending this, uh, you know, in my head, I was sitting there thinking, 
if you can get this at Taco Bell, why would you even bother telling this story that you got it from the Russian mob and all this other type of stuff? <laughs> like I, the, it, it, but then, you know, what was weird? I actually started to think, you know, you know, who's the hero of the story? Is it the guy who can come up with a creative, <laughs> is, is it a guy who can come up with a creative story or is it the guy who says, why, why you, you, none of this is makes any sense at all. And, uh, and I'm like, I, I, I found myself thinking, you know, are we that guy? Are we that guy that says, Hey, yeah, I heard you could get this shit from Taco Bell and blah, blah, blah. Are we that guy? And I, I feel like that guy is less fun than we are. However, we do get articles written about us that say that we're the anti-fun people. And I disagree with that. Um, you know, I think you can have a lot of fun pointing out mistakes and saying, hey, you know, if we took this movie, ult you know, ultimately seriously and everything and and just come out with the, the stuff that we don't really care about when we're watching it and we've taken our brain out to watch the movie in the theaters and everything. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. And when you listen to stuff like how does this get made and all that, they're obviously having they're having as much fun as we are. We're just not doing the kind of like, you know, jokey, you know, we're not Paul Shear, we're not Jason Manzukas, we're not these people who are, you know, saying it in a jokey manner and everything. But uh but it, it's funny, it was funny to sit there and think, are we that guy? Are we that serious? Like, hey really? Yeah, really you get this at Taco Bell, man. What's the stupid story for? You can identify well, with the Taco Bell guy. Yeah, I was like, am, am I but at the same time, I think the hero of the story is the guy who can come up with the Russian mob story for his Taco Bell thing. And I'm just like I'm like, that's the guy who's, you know, is is the fun guy. But anyway, uh that was some things that I I was I was uh, thinking about uh when uh, I saw these commercials. Anyway, there that there's that. I've uh, I tweeted out something the other day about the TurboTax commercials, the new run of TurboTax commercials where they have like Uber geniuses walk up and embarrass normal folk who apparently don't know how to push buttons to do their own. Have you seen these commercials? Yeah. They self-corrected. Yeah, have you seen the newer ones though? Well, the newer ones have been corrected. I think yes. it's because of my tweet. I think you you <laughs> yes. That is highly probable. What is the correction? <laughs> what is the correction? Actually, I think there was probably more widespread similar reaction to mind like you're yeah. insulting your customers and somebody gave them feedback and they but now they're now they're what they should have been to begin with where the, the customers are like i don't need your help stupid this is easy <laughs> anyway the first few genuinely made those people stupid i was like what are you doing God. Well, so the the first few were saying don't be stupid just get TurboTax, or what were no they? the first few were like having like we hired you know chem biologist master degree dude to explain Doing your taxes, and it's like a customer holding an app on a smartphone, and the guy goes, "Just push that button. Just push that OK button, or just just take a picture of it." He just tells them something simple to do, and then the person does it. And oh, it's like, and now it's more like, "Oh, did I buy a house? Did I? What are the different things that I did during the tax year and stuff like that?" Right? Not necessarily. No, it's just that the 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 person being given the advice makes it seem like they don't need it and it was dumb for this person to tell them that uh, advice because okay. it's, it's mm. obvious information <laughs> anyway i like whenever i you know send a simple few characters and have mass cultural change because of my words yeah it happens, all the time. It happens all i the have time. it on i have it on great authority that TurboTax uh follows uh jeremy's tweets you know I'm what's sure what's do. really annoying do you, you guys have red zone the nfl yeah. red zone yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you get addicted to that watching football all the time. And then the playoffs come, and then you watch actual full games, and you have to sit through the commercials and everything. And now I am running out of patience of watching Batman and Superman be very angry at each other. Like, there's oh a lot of new spots of them just being very irate at each well, other. Well, what they did was they took that last trailer, and they cut down, like, three 30-second clips from it and just yeah. ran them ad nauseum as yeah. ads themselves. I'm like, what are you doing? There's nothing even new here. We're going to glare at each other. Oh, yeah, I'm frustrated with that campaign for sure. And then, then Suicide Squad dropped the trailer last night. Did you guys see that? I haven't seen that. And I haven't seen the 30-second uh, spots that you're talking about. I usually try to avoid all that stuff anyway. But no, I haven't seen the Suicide Squad trailer it's yet. It's balls out crazy. Like, I think it's supposed to be, but it's so crazy. I don't even know what that movie is trying to tell me. Um, but the, apparently the DC fans are flipping out. Like, it's awesome. They love it. So, the but I guess I'm uh, very busy. Like the Star Trek 
uh, trailer was very, very busy. Very yes. There was no breath. There was no yeah. time in there. Yeah. yeah. Look at this. Uh, you know, conglomeration of action shots, jump cut together, and uh, please want to see the movie based on that. Doesn't that doesn't really work for me? But maybe mm. I'm not the average moviegoer. I don't know. It was funny that I I really didn't like that new Star Trek trailer at all. And uh, I was reading a um a, you know a preview type of thing. Here's what to look out for this summer and this year or whatever. And and uh, and they said the, the new Star Trek uh, trailer is awesome in this article. And I was like, is it? Is it really that awesome? I don't remember it being awesome. Um, I don't Simon re- Pegg even said he hates it. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. <laughs> right. So I, I, what, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I mean, we're getting to the point now where the reboots, the third movies of reboots are no different from the third movies of the original series as far as quality is concerned. Right. Um. um what are we doing right now? Are we still just kind of talking stream of consciousness, current events? Did you guys see that the sequel to Terminator Genesis got scrapped today? Oh, it got scrapped today. Yeah, that's... It pulled it pulled it from the calendar. Yeah, and it'll be, I mean, it'll be rebooted again at some other point. You know it is. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, somebody's going to think, hey, I can do this story better, uh, whatever. It's sure. really not anything that needed to go past part two, but... Um, but someone someone down the line will buy the rights to that, and it'll be a, a new movie at some point. But it'll probably oh, yeah, be just, a while. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll just, you know, start from scratch, tell a new story. I don't want any more time traveling. We've had six of the – we've already talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've already talked about this, but it's in something that is coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. something hasn't been released <laughs> yet. The whole Terminator right. thing is – You know who needs to get his hands on it? <clears throat> Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, absolutely. If Kenneth Branagh now, I mean, actually, after after having seen Thor and Cinderella, I don't think he needs to have his hands anywhere here. <laughs> um, Terminator franchise. It's going to be uh, uh, not uh, not something that I would uh, pick. I want to see Baz Luhrmann do a, a Terminator movie. Oh my god, I, I'm <laughs> wow. there. I am wow. totally there. <laughs> All style, but with actual like robots killing yeah. things. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> We're, we are going to talk about, uh, at some point, uh, I, uh, the, the Revenant. Actually, we'll just go into the Revenant right now. Um, uh, I will, uh, I'll, Jeremy, I'll let you take the floor on this uh, to uh, start off. Uh, what do okay. you think? <clears throat> well, I loved it. Um, for a few days after seeing it, it, it wrestled with Ex Machina for my top spot of the year. Of course, I saw it in 2016, but it's a 2015 film. Um, there are a handful of things that I think I would have made different choices on, um, and we can discuss those in the spoilery section, but um, the visuals are just breathtaking. I uh, thought the acting was great, especially Tom Hardy. Um, the action, you know, there are moments when this movie almost kills my suspension of disbelief just because I can't figure out how they got that shot. Mm-hmm. And it's driving me crazy. How did they shoot that? Um, but I love it. I give it an, a solid A, uh, and I'm going to see it again a lot of times. Yeah, the uh, I mean that first opening scene, and I, I guess I guess we should just go ahead and say this is probably going to have spoilers in it or whatever. So I mean, if you haven't seen the Revenant yet, then you know go see it first, and then go back and back. listen to the commercial talk. Yeah, and then listen listen to this, but um, but uh, anyway, um, I, that that opening scene where you know the camera's roving around and the Native Americans are attacking and and you know there's arrows flying over the all over the place and of course it's all one take and it's just you know it's one of those things where you're sitting there going how long did that take to do that had yep. to have taken uh, at least a month if not more to do that one shot. Yep. Unless, unless you know, unless there was some other sort of trickery going on there that we, you know, we just, just didn't see, which is fine by me. I don't need to know. I um, agree. Like, just like Birdman, there are moments where the camera lingers on water and pans back up or something. And I'm wondering is, if that was a cut. But I don't really care because, like, for me, it's not about whether it was a true one take. For me, it's about the way a really good staged one take makes me feel as a viewer and makes me feel like I'm literally in the center of that action. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if he used some tricks here and there. The, the, the sense is I'm here. This is happening all around me. Yeah. And and that scene that uh, that really grabbed me in the trailer where he's on the horse and he's shooting behind and, you know, all that. I don't know if I don't I don't remember if this happened in the trailer or not. I know that the full scene over many trailers was uh, shown 
Uh, but I, I had forgotten or didn't know that that scene led right into the leading the horse off the cliff scene into the tree right. and right. everything. And you just, I was sitting there going, oh my God, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Well, um, I didn't know that was coming either. And then the camera, it doesn't just go over the cliff and watch him. It kind of slowly starts dropping down too. Yeah. And that was one of those yeah. moments where I was like, how in the world did you even conceive of this shot? Yeah. Let alone get it. Right. Um, um, Barrett, what did you think? I think it's a complicated movie. I think I think it's the brutality in it is almost just takes you to the very edge of what you can take as a viewer. It does even to a cynical viewer like like us. But you know that it's it's you know what it is. The main thing is the the visuals, obviously, but the sound. And if if you watch it in a very immersive experience, like in the the theater, and you hear the arrows whiz by you, and you right. you you hear the viscera and the guts just kind of coming out of uh, people as they're shot with muskets and things like that. I mean, you really, every little detail makes the pain tangible, <laughs> but then, yeah. you know, and so it's, it's, it's uncomfortable at times, obviously to watch, but it sticks with you, you know, it sticks to your ribs, no pun intended. Like it, it'll, uh, you'll think about it for the next three or four or five days or something like that. Cause it's just yeah. so gorgeous. Well, and the, Let's talk about the bear scene. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't even look at the whole thing. Like, and it wasn't because yeah. of yeah. blood or gore. It was because of, I've seen enough of this for a minute. I need to turn my head. Like, <laughs> it was just so hard to watch. Uh, it's really well done um, in terms of, like, the effects. It's obviously not a real bear. Uh, but the attack sequence, like, really, that was the single most difficult thing for me to see in the it's whole unrelenting. film. It's unrelenting. Yeah. It really is. And I watched it uh I watched it on an opening night where it was a sold out theater and and uh all that and uh there was a couple next to me and the the girl the girl was like just squirming on every single thing. I was like I'm I'm right there with you actually. I mean ex, you know except for the you know uh except for the fact that I'm a psychopath and I don't really care. But um but uh it, it really is uh, actually you know some extremely brutal violence and everything. Uh, Jeremy, you brought up Tom Hardy, who I, I is probably my favorite actor going right now. I, yeah. I, I, I love Tom Hardy, but the thing is about him that's going, it's kind of funny right now for me to think about is that his performances are almost always these mumbly, I can't understand every word he's saying type of things. He did it in Mad Max Fury Road. He did it in Lawless. Um, he did it in the movie The Drop. Um, he's, of course, he's Bane. Got, yeah, and of course, Bane, which <laughs> is the ultimate. But uh, uh, I don't know if that's sort of a thing that he's just kind of gotten into or or what. But I, I do I do very much love watching Tom Hardy. Yeah, he's difficult to understand here. And I don't think it's a, as much mumbling this time as it is just that weird-ass accent that he doctored up for this character which fits and i think even makes him a little bit more menacing but when i was done with the movie and i'm reflecting on it the next day i'm i'm, I'm thinking about his tom hardy i'm not thinking about um, yeah. leo and i thought leo was fantastic in the movie but the the one that really haunts me is is, is tom hardy's character yeah i agree i i that was the same way I, I came out of that thinking hardy stole the movie um now and and dicaprio is one of those it's one of those weird things do we He's uh, he's probably going to win the Oscar for that. Um, but we're giving are we giving too much credit for the work done on the outside of that where he actually went through all these different things? Uh, should the best actor cat you know best actor winner? Uh, should it be what we see on screen or should it be, oh, we know all that backstory that he, we, what he went through and everything. And that's something that's a little difficult for me to, to, you know, parse, uh, on this. Um, what do you guys think about that? Well, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that point we lost in the movie fight where the matrix reloaded car chase was better than the French connection because <laughs> the matrix had built a set. Right. And that was their argument. Like, built a two-mile road to film that. It's better. Like, mm. that's what this reminds me of. Right. Because I, I do think there is some of that going on. If you if you, if you you had never heard any of that about Leo, if you didn't read, well, this vegetarian actor actually ate a real liver for the movie, and he actually crawled in a horse's carved-out body and yada, yada. If you didn't know any of that, would this performance jump out at you as his top 
five best. Right. It, it probably wouldn't. In fact, there's probably, I mean, this is, he'll get it. I mean, he's going to get it, I think, based on what people can uh, perceive as uh, an extremely strong performance, but he's probably been better several times. I mean, The Departed and Wolf of Wall Street and all that. His detractors usually say his his biggest weakness is that he yells a lot, and that's a, that's a, sort of a, a thing of DiCaprio. But uh, he's he's engaging in all those movies too. Yeah, and he's he still is one of my favorite actors. But the, the Academy does this all the time. They take somebody they've overlooked for too long, and then they decide it's finally time to give him an acting Oscar, and they end up rewarding a performance that may not be among that person's best or even best that they were nominated for. Like with Denzel, I love him in Training Day, but that's far from his best role ever, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I mean, I guess we're splitting hairs. He did win for Glory, um, but that was a supporting that was actor. Supporting, yeah. Yeah, I guess that you know, to as far as best actor or whatever, the one that I. I always come back to is Al Pacino who had like, I think it was eight times got nominated and then they said, all right, son of a woman, you, yeah. you yeah. <laughs> just like his most forgettable movie for me. Like, yeah. And I think, and he got nominated also for Glengarry Glenn Ross that year. He probably wasn't even the best actor in that movie, but they wanted to, they wanted to give him the Oscar, obviously. And right. he, but, but I still think his Glengarry Glenn Ross performance is better than Sin of a Woman. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, it, it is silly how they do that lifetime achievement for a particular year. Yeah. But it does feel like it's Leo's year for this movie. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about, like, I want to talk about a couple of things I didn't like. Okay. Um, one of the, one of the ones is not really the movie's fault in terms of what's on screen, but they, this is based on a true story. And some of the most badass aspects of this guy's real story were changed negatively, I think, in the movie. First, they gave him the son, right? And that's that wasn't real. And I'm okay with that to an extent. But the whole voodoo Native American guy that puts him in a hunt and heals his, like, in real life, Hugh Glass laid on a bunch of maggots to let him eat his festering wounds off. And, like, that's way more hardcore than, like, some magic Indian showed up to give you a powder or whatever. Right. And let's um, also not forget that the story itself, uh, which was, you know, the movie is all about him, you know, getting out and, and getting revenge on Tom Hardy and and all that. In the real story, as I've read, it's basically he got out of that and then he just wanted to get his stuff back. That's pretty yeah, his rifle. Yeah. yeah, he just wanted his stuff back, and that was the end of the story. But, you know, I mean, you can't make a movie and expect people to sit there for two and a half hours about a guy who just wants his stuff back. <laughs> I think there should be more Magic Indians in in cinema, though. Right? I mean, it's been more. a long time since The Doors, since oh, yeah. Wayne's World 2. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I actually liked that s- sequence in the film, like, especially the part where they like he imitates – the native american guy by getting the leaf drop of water and like i liked kind of the the lull there that we had and the sort of spiritual journey kind of feeling i just you know compared to what really happened in real life it felt like the easier way out here uh, that was a badass just, scene though where he just chops down all that uh wood to to give him a um, a hut in that uh, it was storm oh, yeah. it was pretty yeah. badass it was uh, another thing I didn't like, and you guys maybe maybe I missed it. Maybe it went by too fast and I got it wrong. But does Leo turn and look at the camera at the final shot? Yes. Yes, absolutely I, he does. That was really bothering to absolutely me. Absolutely he does. Well, right. th- there's a couple of things that, that break the the fourth wall, actually, is the, the breath on the camera lens. Yeah. That happens periodically. And then, yeah. yeah, absolutely, he turns and looks right at the camera at the very end of the shot. Wouldn't it be better, wouldn't it be more powerful if the camera moved so that it gave the illusion that he was maybe looking at us as opposed to him literally turning like, there's been a camera here this whole time and now I'm acknowledging it. Maybe he's looking at the camera and being like, is that enough for my fucking Oscar? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, but I mean, do you guys even understand what the creative choice was going for there? Mm, No, I mean, I think a lot of times it's... Uh, just like as it's done in Castaway or whatever, where you have the the end thing where it's like, well, that he's looking towards his future more than he's really looking at the camera and saying, you know, whatever. I think the most, um, I think the most egregious part, uh, the egregious uh, camera movement where someone's looking at the cameras in JFK, where at the end of the the big huge. Uh, 
uh, trial or whatever, Kevin Costner's like, it's up to you. And the camera, <laughs> you know, goes to his eyes or whatever, <laughs> basically saying, you out there watching in the theater, you need to find the, the who, who really killed JFK, you know, that type of thing. Um, that's where I find it egregious. I didn't I, I didn't really I didn't really notice it in this one. So, I mean, I couldn't really comment on it, but that's usually what I, I perceive that to be more than anything. But he might be just going just dead eyed into the camera. I, I, I didn't see that. Um, well, what, what about you guys? What, anything stuck out that you, that you didn't enjoy that much? Oh, I got one. The Go for bison. It. Did anybody notice a very stark CGI look to the bison, oh. especially in contrast to the rest of the naturalistic environment? I did not. Uh, Maybe they blew yeah, their effects budget on the on bear. one. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, I didn't that's our really. animal budget. That's it. So we're going to just like do some uh, Photoshop on some uh, bisons kicking around. Copy, paste, copy, paste. I didn't mm, notice yeah. that. The next time you either. see it, yeah, eyeball it because it, it just looks out of place. It's almost like the, the deck of the Titanic as they're they're pulling out uh, back in with effects in 1998 or seven. It, but uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of it's it's very computery. It's kind of a weird choice, don't you think, for somebody that went like so far out of his way and had so many delays and went to South America just so he could shoot in real snow? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it was very weird. It, it stood out to me. I don't know if I was just kind of, for some reason, attending to it, but it, it seemed like it was uh, very artificial in this morass of reality. Well, is there, I mean, I'm being very ignorant here. Uh, are there that many bison, real bison left in the world? Well, there's a field of them down south of Brentwood. I used to drive by when I was training at Kroger. Oh, yeah. Um, bison? Like, so, yeah. Wow. Might have been buffalo. And you can eat bison at several restaurants. Yeah, it's true. I guess, they're not, I guess they're not, like, endangered or anything. I, I, I mean, think buffalo are gone. Buffalo, yeah. Is, and uh, bison are, like, just so similar enough that we interchange the words. But, yeah. But they all, <sighs> they also might be really hard to wrangle or they might be – I mean, we're, we're making excuses for the movie. That's not what we do. <laughs> um, but, it's the opposite of what we do. Yeah, hard wrangling yeah. bison. Hey, hey you, you, you put some CGI bison in there. I don't care how hard it is to wrangle those motherfuckers. You better put them in there. How many bison wrangle? <laughs> do you know right right um but uh mine i guess mine is a really simple one it's a it's a lazy one and i'm sorry about this but it's uh it was too long for me i think there are some really slow stretches in it yeah um uh you know too long is is kind of a lazy thing uh but if you are noticing the length when you're watching it i think it's a valid uh a valid criticism and everything. Uh, Cause you know, not everything we don't, it's almost like they're saying this isn't epic enough if it's not two and a half hours or more, you know? <laughs> and uh, well, and, I mean the, uh, the, the final, I guess we've, we've already let the spoilers out, but the, the final scene, the confrontation, I guess you knew it was going to go down to hand to hand, like bloody, uh, very, um, guttural performances like you're trying to kill each other right like it wasn't just going to be a shootout or anything like that right and that seemed to stretch on just in perpetuity like it just took forever just die right die. <laughs> i'm also interested how uh alejandro g Inarutu. Um, you just wanted to show off. You can pronounce that. that was nice. That was, I I probably I still that. I probably still pronounced it wrong, but um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, I'm I'm interested to see, to see where his career turned a little bit because he used to make these really like dour movies like Twenty One Grams and Babel and everything. Now yeah. Revenant is kind of in that same thing, but it's you know Babel and Twenty One Grams you don't think of as exciting adventures in any way. They're right, right. they're slow dramas with a lot of like you know human um, you know just just. Yeah, I don't know, just really slow human drama type stuff. And then suddenly he does Birdman and he's like, you know, he's doing a kinetic type of film and everything. And he does that again here with The Revenant. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, where he got that. Has that always been in him? Is that something that he's wanted to do for all this time or uh, or what? But uh, I am really enjoying this new phase. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And um, golly, how good a year did Dom, Dom is it Dom Hall Gleason? Um like he was in Force Awakens, he was yeah. in this movie, he was in, he was Ex, in Ex Machina, Machina. Yeah. yeah, and he's going to be in the Fantastic Beast movie coming out. Um, like he is having a banner year. Yeah, him and Oscar Isaac. 
Right. It won't be long before, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll be seeing that guy and everything. I mean, I, I looked at that the other day, in fact, because I actually rewatched Ex Machina just two days ago. And um, I looked him up and I was like, oh, yeah, he was in all these movies. Like, there was like, a ton of movies. Good <laughs> He's God. the guy that you called that Hitler guy when we reviewed right, Force Awakens. Right, <laughs> called him Hitler. Yeah, yeah. He was playing Hitler. Um, but, uh, yeah, all over the place. And it was just funny because I, cause I popped in ex Mach and I was like, oh yeah, it's that guy. And Oscar Isaac from star Wars is also in this, you know? Um, yep, yep. so it's, uh, yeah, that's really cool. I liked the score. Um, yeah, I couldn't I sing any of it to you right now, but I remember thinking a couple different times that it was helping uh, me feel anxious, which is what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, it's um, not repetitive. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's. Yeah. There's no real central theme to it. it. It kind of moves as the the story does. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which is kind of nice. You know, it goes from percussive to to very these these um, legato violins and everything. And yeah, uh, an interesting thing also, I, I guess at the end, I'm I, I don't remember uh, what the entire situation was, but I thought it was kind of interesting that the woman that he helps uh, earlier, because she's getting raped, because all bad guys are rapists. Um, the, uh, she, she helps, uh, she helps him at the end when they're in that little Creek or whatever. And, and, you know, the native American guys, uh, finish off Tom Hardy and all that. Um, and then they just kind of, they just kind of ride by him like, you know, peace out, you know, then, you know, (laughs) you didn't want to offer him a ride anywhere. You know, I I don't know if his, I thought his horses might be dead or something like that before, before they got to that point. But man, they just, all right, well, we'll see you. We did what we did when we did what we had to do. We're not going to kill you. Yeah. We're not going to save you. That's right. Yeah. It's like Um, Arya and uh, that guy in Game of Thrones where she refused to kill him. She just left him. Oh yeah, the the dog or whatever, the hound, the hound. That's right. Oh, yeah, just uh, everybody in the world, the Game of Thrones universe, there just went. Oh, oh my god, the dog! It's the hound. You're not a true fan because you no, called him the not dog. A true fan, not at all. It's like calling the mountain the hill. You yeah, dumbass. Exactly. <laughs> no, I've only seen all the episodes once, so I can't consider myself a real fan. Uh, Have you read the books? I haven't read the books now. And and honestly, if you are a book fan, um why would you? Because George R. R. Martin uh is just teases the hell out of you, doesn't he? He's just like, "All right, we're going coming out with this fifth book or whatever and it's uh it's going to be a doozy." And then and a year later, we're still waiting for that book. Yeah, like uh, that seems to be taking him longer as he goes. Yeah, I think he is actually coming out with it before this next uh, season or whatever. I think that's something that's or it might even actually be happening after the season. I'm not sure. It's it's something tentpoled like that where it's the book's either coming out before the season or after the season. And he's going to, you know, get as much as he can out of that book from that. He could release it right now and it'd be the same way. But you yeah, know. I think there are enough book fans that. It's it's an interesting adaptation, actually. We somehow morphed into talking about Game of Thrones, but right. um, you know, it's so different, almost like The Walking Dead. Like it, it can exist and coexist and have fans of both because there are so many differences they've written in from the the books to the TV adaptation. Um, so you could, I mean, there's no telling that what we're going to see in this next season is even what he's going to put in the book because they've diverged so many different times. Right. Do we want to see if we can find some questions? Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, one question I'm seeing in a lot of places is our thoughts on the Oscar nominations. And then at least one person specifically wondering our thoughts on the Oscar so white hashtag and the diversity problem. So we can at least in general talk about our thoughts on the nominations, right? Right. Um, I, I guess to address the the whiteness thing, it does seem like uh, a lot of great performances do sort of – get dismissed for whatever reason. Um, I mean, you could just say it's blatant racism or you could just, you could, it could just be that everybody's friends in Hollywood are getting nominated and they're mm. just not friends with, you know, some of these people. I, I really have always thought stuff like the Oscars and golden globes, especially the golden globes. Um, it's really, you know, who, you know, and, and, and are you popular and all that? It took forever for Martin Scorsese to win uh, a best director. Um, 
uh, Oscar, and it was because he wasn't beloved in Hollywood, which I find really strange. I don't know what he mm. did to piss people off, but it <laughs> finally got it in The Departed. But um, I mean, if you're if you're you know if you're mostly white uh, voters are hanging out with mostly white people, then that's the type of thing that you're gonna get. And a lot of times, well, you, you will get ahead. you. A lot of times, you will get. Um. Uh. You know. Oh, there's uh, a few more black people than usual getting nominated when you have a movie like The Help comes out, or you know, something like that. And then <laughs> sure. that has its own that has its own uh, connotations. A lot of times. Oh, okay. We'll nominate the movie about the white guilt or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. So that those those tend to get favored a lot. Um. So. Yeah. I mean. I think. I think straight out of Compton, which was the biggest hit. And had all had had the most you know critical like had a, what was it ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that when it something came like out? that yeah that feels like that was extremely underrepresented but again it could just be the good old boy type of thing going on and it doesn't make it right but unfortunately well, I, that's what I think kind of happens wasn't it a big deal I think it was Silence of the Lambs when when somebody or something for Silence of the Lambs won because it had come out so early in the year. And at that point in the Oscars, like traditionally you release Oscar films in the last third or last quarter of the year. And straight out of Compton was out when, like in the spring or the summer came out in August. Yeah. Okay. So that's not so far away actually. Um, no. And then Creed is the other one that I see people talking about. Yeah. And I haven't seen that film. And I actually saw Creed. Now there is one that I'm that one. I, I didn't see straight out of Compton yet. Um, I am going to see it cause now it's out on Blu-ray and everything, but, um, but Creed is one that is the most puzzling to me. Um, Sylvester Stallone gets nominated for another Rocky Balboa performance. And I mean, he can do that in his sleep if he wants to. And, <laughs> yeah. and that performance is, is, is perfectly okay. And yeah. if you want to talk about best of the year or whatever. I mean, this is one where they just want to give Stallone a nomination. It's pretty, pretty clear to me. Michael yeah. B. Jordan is the best part of Creed. He's the guy who carries the movie and yeah. the movie is really, really good. Like I was actually surprised how good that was considering it's really like the seventh Rocky movie that <laughs> right. came out, yeah. by the way, uh, just as an aside, when's the last year that you can think of that had three, number sevens come out you had furious seven you had creed and you had the force awakens all came out were the seventh of their franchise yeah that's got to be a first um but uh anyway uh he's really good in creed and and i think uh he's starting to develop that type of career where he's getting noticed and everything but it's almost like well we'll see what you're what you're like on your next movie we you know whatever and like you, you just substitute him for stallone and we're good what is it about boxing and movies like boxing the sport has been dying a slow death for 30 years it's at its worst point ever and yet we still get like two three boxing movies at southpaw and even going back to million dollar baby and it just seems like there's always a boxing movie yeah. why are we so fascinated with boxing movies it's high drama it's it easily is. dramatizable, right? Right. And also Much more so than the money grabs that are the actual fights. I when we when we did uh when we were looking for uh sports movies to do when we had that DraftKings ad or whatever. Um, it was FanDuel. <laughs> uh, it was FanDuel. Okay. No well. sponsors. <laughs> well, they both just got a free mention, so it doesn't. Yeah, that's right. It was FanDuel. All right. Um but uh when we did that um, the, I was looking at the top grossing ones and they're almost all boxing movies. Um, there's mm. hardly any, uh, there's hardly any football, baseball. I mean, some hockey, I mean, obviously Mighty Ducks gets in there, gets mentioned every once in a while. And we actually considered that for, for a little bit, but, um, but it, you know, there's very rarely do they get football or baseball right. And, and, you know, nobody goes to see them. Uh, but the yeah. boxing movies, you can you can relate to the the one person, the singular person, the drama they're going through, all that. Uh, I think that it's more suited to a movie than the the team sports. It also uh, looks like people can train to be able to look like they can box a lot easier than they can be trained to look like they can throw a baseball. <laughs> yeah. I mean? Well, and that's yeah, the thing. You watch 
something like the natural or whatever and you see robert redford swing the bat a lot of times <laughs> it's like uh he's not hitting homers um the it, it's 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 not terribly egregious in that movie but i've seen some other movies i think the fan with wesley snipes was the big <laughs> was one of the biggest <laughs> ones that i was like no that guy's not good he's not a good baseball player um um but uh but he's playing so, barry bonds in that movie <laughs> he's basically playing barry bonds and he's he yeah and well and the, what's the same thing uh, in major league um in major league he's just i mean in that one at least they make him you know where he's fast and he doesn't have that much power and everything it's a little bit more believable than the barry bonds they throw him in as the fan well i'm a i'm a sucker for like a kevin costner sports movie like yeah with one or two exceptions they always turn out pretty good like field of dreams and bull durham and tin cup of course those two last two were the same director, but yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. It just seems like boxing is the only one that's a real draw, and I think it has as much to do with yeah. We can relate to the boxer more because it's a personal dilemma, but I think it has more to do with um, the performances because they yeah. always seem to be like Oscar movies too. Although there was that one stretch in the '90s where we got a bunch of comedy boxing movies like Digstown and <laughs> yeah, Play um, It to the Bone, <laughs> and then what's the one about the white guy, the Great White Hype? Um, oh yeah, the Great White Hype. Wow. Why did uh, we do yeah. that? Not one of those but, movies uh, was good. Yeah. And, uh, but I guess steering it back towards the Oscars and everything, I guess what, um, I mean, I just sort of say this at the, as far as the race is concerned, I, I think they're probably, yes, there are racists in Hollywood. I mean, obviously there are, but what? Yeah. Whoa. But, you know, I mean, minorities have been, have been nominated before. So it's not like they're completely the 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 driving voice, but well, and I, I don't even think you can blame the nominations completely, right? Because the Academy still is going to be dealing with whatever films the studios put out, and the studio executives are presumably just as racist or not racist as the Academy members, right? So, right, um, and that's going to come in. Like last year, we had Selma, and we had a, we had a bunch of other movies that had a lot more roles that were showy for minority actors and whereas this year we're sort of just talking about straight out of Compton and Creed and we're not really coming up with a bunch more yeah and 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 briefly concussion which I haven't seen but I mean you know the trailer for it seems like Will Smith's kind of hamming it up a little bit what's um, funny is I, the best thing I've read about that movie is that his his, his performance is oh, that yeah. he's really good in well, it, and it but could it's be, kind of boring it could be very good I just haven't seen it have um, you seen Beasts of No Nation no but I heard that Idris Elba was really good in it and that was another one that was uh, another one that's been cited. And I can already tell you before I even watch the movie that he's probably Oscar worthy performance in that. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he's yeah. always good. Well, and that's the dude from uh, True Detective season one, Carrie Fuka, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. Which, you know, it also leads me to, you know, to think back to that, you know, where they were talking about him possibly being Bond, which I would, I mean, I'd love to see Idris Elba as Bond, you know, yeah, and that'd I be think, awesome. and, and I think it's, it's weird to me that, you know, I think that I think people would go watch it. I think Bond fans would go watch it. They got over all this sure they would. blonde Bond stuff yeah. and all this other stuff with Daniel Craig and every new Bond. They're always, well, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'll go see it. <laughs> <laughs> they and all make money. It doesn't matter. They all make money. So you put somebody who's really good in it and he's awesome. It's just like anything. I remember when Heath Ledger was, uh, Everybody was like, oh, he can't be the Joker. And they were sort of basing that on the fact that he did Brokeback Mountain, which I think is the silliest thing in the world. <laughs> like in Brokeback Mountain, he's awesome in that movie. First yeah, off. he's incredible. He's awesome in that movie. And it's not like, you know, what do you think Brokeback Mountain is? Do you think it's like, you know, a bunch of like lip wristed, you know, what is it? <laughs> you know, these guys are like. You know, these guys are like ranchers. Yeah, these guys are strong and all this other type of stuff. And he puts in a performance where he's, you know, he's, I mean, he's just a very strong dude. So uh, when that, when you know, when he was announced as the Joker, it was like, oh, my God, Heath Ledger, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, he's going to be good, guys. You watch, you watch. And sure enough, yeah, uh, he he's amazing in it. Yep. Um, 
but uh so yeah i mean i it is weird it is weird that it happens that way i wish it didn't um uh i don't know how we would solve that problem unfortunately i'm uh, anxious to see what chris rock has to say about it oh and being, that's uh, for yeah. sure going to be most of the monologue you think <clears throat> I hope he just goes old school, pull no punches, Chris Rock, like his old stand-up specials, and just blasts it. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I hope he does. He does such uh, has such a performance that the Oscars might even consider, like you know, pulling Yanking him off him. during the yeah. show. <laughs> that would be amazing. Bad, that's how bad I want him to do. That's how he just much goes I to commercial. Him. All of a sudden, we come back and there's like Jennifer Garner up there. Right. <laughs> like, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hurry up here, Hathaway, James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you another shot, oh. James. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> looks like looks like they, uh, you know, went to their last resort here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's obviously a shame that these these uh people haven't been not these people these what do you mean these people what do um, you mean these people <laughs> but uh it's uh it's it's a shame that they don't get nominated um for whatever reason it is and you know uh i guess we can go and go ahead and start talking about the other parts of it what we do like about it um what or what nominees that we agree with or whatever um uh i uh I, I watched uh, a little bit of the uh, announcements. I haven't memorized these by any means, but um, uh, I like uh, the nominations for the big short. The big short's a really good movie. Um, yeah. uh, let's see what else is on there. I'll uh, Google them. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, the Revenant came. The Revenant got what, 12, 12 nominations. Right? Yeah. 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 And most of those are deserved. I, I think we might see, Here's my fear. I think Tom Hardy deserves that Oscar. Yeah. And I I worry he may not get it because they're going to give Leo one and then they're not going to want to give like all the Oscars to the Revenant. <laughs> right. Well, it'll probably take cinematography too, right? Wow, for sure. Um, I don't know so if there's Here are better. the best pictures. Uh, Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, Martian, Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. And I've seen maybe less than half of those uh, because yeah. so many of them are small. Like I haven't seen room or spotlight. Um, see, I've seen four of these. Um, Chris, you've probably seen the most of all of us on this list. Yeah. And I even, even, uh, even that I haven't seen, I haven't seen spotlight. I haven't seen Brooklyn. I haven't seen room. Um, um, but I have seen the revenant and I had, what's the other ones? Mad Max, uh, the Martian, Mad Max, Bridge of Spies. I haven't seen Bridge of Spies. Me neither. It's one of those movies that just, it, it got good reviews, but didn't sound interesting. And yeah, it didn't make me want to just go out of the theater and watch it. But I heard yeah. so many good things about it. Everybody who I knew just who, who watched it just said it was great. Can um, we all agree that if somebody does beat Leo for the Best Actor Oscar, it's going to be Eddie Redmayne? Oh, my God. Um, I don't I don't know. Um, it seems like in that particular situation... You wouldn't uh, if if we think Hollywood and the Oscars are the way we think they are. Um, you've had your Oscar ready, Eddie Redmayne. You know we're going to give it to Leo. You know well, who I else you would? would? You've got Cranston for Trumbo, which I guess very few people saw. Yeah, yeah that's how win it for The Martian. Uh, Fassbender, from what I hear, is good in Steve Jobs, but <clears throat> and as good as that movie is, it's he's a function of Sorkin's script and, and that kind of thing. So I guess it comes down to those two, right? But uh, don't they? Doesn't the Academy, who's apparently very racist, um, also like love cross-dressing rules? Like, isn't that like documented? <sighs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to be insensitive. <laughs> no, I know you're not. I'm just trying to think. I don't. That was a heavy sigh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think that's true. Um, I mean, as far as. Um, and we're going to obviously not say all the right things and I'm not trying to be insensitive. <laughs> you know, whatever Hillary Swank was and boys don't cry. What do you ever call her that? <laughs> she got, obviously she won. Oh, you got a, uh, what was the other one? Like, uh, crying game. Crying game. Uh, got nominated. Didn't win. Uh, didn't win. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Um, well, but, then, uh, I, mean, you, I mean, you're not wrong. I just don't know if they've, like, lavished Oscars on these performances. <laughs> um, you know. Just remembering it that way. Um <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you may be right, but they did, didn't they, didn't they, how many, uh, um, does Jennifer Lawrence have? Has she won twice? Um, and if so, didn't she win twice in a row? She, she won for Winterspellen, right? I think she's been nominated five times. I think that's right. She won last year. Um, did she? For American Hustle? No, that wasn't last year. That was the year before? Yeah, I think so. And now she did win for it, I'm sure. Achievements. Lawrence won an Academy Award for Best Actress for Silver Linings Playbook. Um, she won Best Supporting Actress for American Hustle. And I'm almost positive she won for Winter's Bone. Oh, no, she didn't win for Winter's Bone. No. She didn't? No, she is, she's won two Oscars. That's it. Okay. All right. So maybe um, you're right. Yeah. Maybe Eddie Redmayne doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. But then Leo's screwed next year if he wins. He yeah. Can't, now, he can't win I again. mean, uh, in referring to Hillary Swank, she won the two times she got nominated, you know, and it was a, and it was always famously against Annette Benning, who everybody was like, well, it's time to give it to Annette Benning. And then she got it for million. Hillary Swank beat her uh, in 2004 for Million Dollar Baby. Um, What's she done lately? Uh, almost nothing. That I yeah, yeah that I've seen anyway. I mean, I'm sure that she's coming out with movies. We just haven't seen them. Uh, let me see um, what other nominations. Oh, actually, Best no. A- she has won. Jennifer Lawrence has won one Oscar. Yeah, she didn't win for American Hustle. Yeah, she won for Silver Linings, but and she's been nominated four times. Winner's Bone won for Silver Linings, and then got nominated for American Hustle and and Joy this year. Okay, so so four total, and I mean they, they I mean she's going to be kind of like how Meryl Streep is, though they love her so much, they're going to anytime she's in a movie, she's going to get consideration. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like her too. I'm yeah, not, you know, yeah. I'm no, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Uh, you know, it's just it's hard to. I know who I'm going to be rooting for in most of these, but you know, like in almost all these categories, there's three films I haven't seen because I haven't seen Carol, The Danish Girl. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, the and, directing Oscar has the big short Mad Max, the Revenant room and spotlight. I've seen two of those. Yeah. I give it to the Revenant guy, I guess. I don't know. Um, well, and, it's and, just, and, and it would be a, it'd be another, uh, you know, Alejandro G. Inaritu, uh Oscars. It, was just, it, it just was last year. Uh, yeah. And that'll be amazing if he pulls that off, but he's the front runner, I think. Um, yeah. Could be some interesting like bucking Oscar trends. Well, this actually, year. isn't it? Might be George Miller is is the front runner for director, and then Revenant is front runner for picture. Uh, That's probably correct. It might George actually Miller. do that because there's another one where they're like, well, I mean, and not that he doesn't deserve it, but that's another one where they might be like, oh, we should honor this guy. He's 70. (laughs) (laughs) I like your logic. He's old like us. Let's give him an award. It does happen a lot. That happens probably the most of anything in the Oscars is when somebody is, has hit a certain age. They, they're like, well, he might, we might not be able to honor this guy again. You know, he might be gone next year. That type of thing. Um, yeah, uh, so, you know, I think it was, you know, they gave it to Palance back for city slickers and, and, uh, and, um, who was of it? All things. Yeah. And, and uh, he's great in that movie. But yeah, geez. he is. Um, but, uh, you know, that seems to happen quite a bit. And I mean, it, I think it will happen for George Miller actually. Well, that'd be pretty cool. I'd be all right with that. Oh, yeah. I, I thought totally. that was one of the two or three best films of the year. So. Yeah. I, I'm tr- I'm still trying to figure out what my favorite of 2015 is uh, still. Um, I mean, Ex Machina is the one that I always come to. Um, Me too. And, and, and Mad Max Fury Road is right alongside it. Um and uh, I think it's probably 1A and 1B. As you'd ask me on uh, any particular day, it'll be different from what I said yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at right now, too. And now, do we know when the Oscars are? Um, it's in February. Yeah. So it's I, like February 26th or something. Still time for us to see some of these that we haven't seen yet. Um, and I'm hoping to. But uh, yeah, there's your Oscar talk. You asked well, for it. Hang on, you I got, got one more. I'm going to oh, throw my more. support behind a kind of a controversial uh, opinion. I think the film Fifty Shades of, of Grey deserves an Oscar. Mm, mm. For, uh, for, for for the best song? Best song. Yeah. Earned it the weekend. That is clearly, I mean, I haven't heard all of these, but Manta Ray on Racing Extinction, Simple Song Number 3 from Youth, 
till it happens to you, the hunting ground or writings on the wall. Spectra, I assume that's the same. Oh, my God. Song. And the writings on the wall won the Golden Globe. Um, <laughs> I, couldn't, I was a little shocked at that, actually. I, uh, I I don't know. That song is doesn't seem very good to me, but I don't know. They're no. going to give it to Gaga, aren't they? Gaga? For, for what? Didn't she co-write one of these songs? I'm pretty sure she co-wrote one of these nominated songs. Oh, I don't know which one. Munch I just know that Weekend the... song is badass. Until it happens to really, you. And it just yeah. happens to be in Fifty Shades of Grey, huh? It just happens to be in Fifty Shades. That soundtrack actually is not that bad. Strangely enough, that uh, Crazy in Love cover uh, that they played in the trailer oh, yeah. over and over again. That's a right. really, the slowed down cover. And everything. Yeah, so it, it's it's got a pretty good soundtrack. Till It yeah. Happens to You is written by Diane Warren and Lady Gaga. I think that'll probably win. Oh, wow. And Diane Warren has been, I think she's won several Oscars for stuff like that. Like 53. Oh, you know what? She's that'll 53. Put, that'll put Gaga on her way to an EGOT, right? To a what? A what? To an EGOT. Oh, all the awards across. Oh, all. Does she right. have a Tony? Well, she got a Does, Golden no, she Globe. Got it. Yeah, she won it. Yeah. Yeah, she got a Golden Globe. I don't know if she's won an Emmy. Um, Emmys are when did they? When oh, did they'll they? be next fall. Actually, Diane Warren has been nominated eight times and has never won. Wow. Um, well, maybe it's her year. Uh, she was it. She got nominated for Mannequin. Nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You believe that that got nominated for an Oscar? <laughs> and then. 1997, uh, Up Close and Personal, Because You Love Me. That's the Celine Oh, Dion. I love that movie. That's my favorite Robert Redford, Michelle Pfeiffer news-based movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's so amazing. Um, 1998 got nominated for Con Air for the song Gosh. How Do I Live, which I believe was the Leanne Rimes version. Oh, yeah, my I think God. it was. Uh, Armageddon, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Jeez. What? She co-wrote that? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Well, you think Tyler? Aerosmith could write their own shit, right? Yeah. And then got nominated for Music of the Heart, for Music of My Heart. Uh, then got nominated for Pearl Harbor, There You'll Be. Uh, and then got nominated last year for Beyond the Lights uh, for the song Grateful. Interesting. So and Bruckheimer likes using her. Yeah, yeah. I was going to um, say Bay, but he didn't do Con Air. That was Simon West, right? Yeah, Simon West. Well, it's a Bruckheimer but it's But it is Bruckheimer, yeah. Again, we should do that. We should really do a whole podcast where we talk about the the like the like NFL coaching trees of Hollywood, like directors <laughs> and writers and creative people and the people that have worked with them and have gone on to be great at stuff. We really need to have that discussion. Yeah, as a teaser. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, at some <clears throat> point. Uh, anything else about the Oscars at all? Uh, uh, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to live tweet it. Uh, there's uh, one thing I'll say about the Oscars is uh, there. And and they did this during the Golden Globes, and it's it's gotten super tired, and I just don't want to hear any more jokes about it. Um, is that how long the show is? Um, you, the meta jokes. Yeah, yeah, it just I'm I I'm just exhausted of the. Yeah, we get it. It's it's long. Uh, if you're a movie fan and you generally care about the Oscars at all, you don't care how long this show is. You don't care. I mean, yeah, maybe some, maybe somebody who's like just casually watching it cares, but it's always going to go longer than it says on your TV guide and all that other type of stuff. And I, I mean, probably just go ahead and make a drinking game for, you know, how many times they say, Oh, the show's gone long. Boy, it's longer <laughs> than Revenant, blah, blah, blah. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely happen. Yeah. I just hope it's not Chris Rock that does it. He's above that. Yeah, you would think. Uh, but I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm talking out of my ass here. I'm pretty sure she, he did it last time. No. Oh, well, okay. Um, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while. I mean, yeah, just. I'm just tired of those jokes. It's like, okay, we get it. You know, we're going to watch it anyway, probably. So I just want to see a very edgy black comic make fun of a bunch of rich old white people. That's what I want to <laughs> see because yeah. he he's going to do it. He can't not do it. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Directly to their faces makes it more satisfying too. Yeah. Well, and, That's the, true. and the last time I, I loved all that stuff that he's, you know, I mean, it was, it, it was all in jest, but he was talking about how Jude Law was in everything. 
And, <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, if you, you know, you need to come out. I need to get another actor, you know, because he's taking all the jobs or something like that. And like, you know, it's like, if you, if you've got, a, if you got a role and the only person you can come up with is me, then you should come up with somebody else, you know, that <laughs> but yeah. And then he, then Sean Penn comes out and says, you know what? Jude Law is one of our greatest actors. You shouldn't say stuff like that. I'm like, come on, Sean Penn. You're the guy in the Taco Bell commercial. This is all we need to ever say is, come on, Sean Penn. Come like, on, no matter Sean what the headline Penn. is, that should be our reaction. You know, really, really. He's one of our greatest uh, actors of all time. And you can get the golden PS4 at Taco Bell. In our new segment, come on, Sean Penn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this week, Sean Penn made news by interviewing El Chapo and then going on American television to explain his regret. Yeah. Come on, Sean Penn. Yeah. You don't <clears throat> regret that, Sean Penn. <laughs> Anyway, we did the we did the podcast. We talked about Oscars and stuff like that. And in like a day or two, the Oscars said, "You know what? We really need to start getting more diverse." Um, so they changed their membership uh, requirements and qualifications and all that other type of stuff. And in in order to get more diverse by the year twenty twenty. Um, so they're they're making an effort. It's once again, it's one of those things where it's reacting rather than acting. This is something that they've heard of, they've heard for years and years and years that they weren't diverse enough, and now they finally do it when people are threatening boycotts. Is um, it an overcorrection? Yeah, or just it the is. right kind of correction. It's just exactly what you would expect. As soon as somebody says we're boycotting this, and they think that they might lose a whole bunch of people because of it, then they start making corrections. They've had this, it's been a problem for a really long time. Um, but that now they're finally doing something about it. I felt, I think they felt like as long as they got a couple of black people and a couple of Spanish people, they were doing okay, you know, because there would be some years where there'd be, you know, more than usual. Um, but, uh, you know, Far uh, and beyond this, also being a racial thing or whatever, we have to also uh, understand that Hollywood is also lazy. Um, one of the things that <laughs> they do uh, that is, um, you know, we were talking about Jennifer Lawrence. You know, she's getting she's gotten nominated her fourth time or whatever. Kate Blanchett nominated her seventh time. Um, Meryl Streep's been nominated nineteen times. Jesus, um, the and and, uh, you know, there are I think that I think that in general, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about who, you know, and all that. Uh, I, I think Meryl Streep got to a point where it just didn't matter what movie she was in. They were just going to nominate her for it. Um, and she she won for the Iron Lady. That was her third Oscar. She had been nominated for so many other great performances that didn't win. Uh, but the Iron Lady is what gets her her third win. Um, but I was looking at this, you know, talking about as far as laziness is concerned, I was looking into Paul Giamatti. Um, Paul Giamatti has been nominated one time. Uh, for Planet of the Apes? <laughs> yes, of course, for Planet of the Apes. Uh, no, for um, Cinderella Man, which he was extremely good in, and I'm glad he got nominated for, but... Uh, you're talking about a guy who everybody likes. Everybody likes Paul Giamatti. And there have been two, at least two, uh, instances where Giamatti should have been nominated and didn't get nominated because, I believe, of Hollywood laziness. Uh, American Splendor came out in 2003. He was great as Harvey Picar. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. not get nominated for that. And uh, that that year... Um, it was 2003 though. I was looking at the nominations and you know, I like Jude law as much as anybody. Uh, cold mountain is not a movie that I remember fondly in any way. <laughs> um, he got nominated for that. I don't remember anything about it. Um, Ben Kingsley got nominated for the house of sand and fog. That was an okay movie. He was good in it, but you're talking about an iconic performance. Paul Giamatti didn't even get nominated for that. Um, the following year he was in sideways yeah, and did not get nominated. Um, that was a year that, uh, in 2004, 
uh, Johnny Depp was suddenly getting a bunch of uh, accolades after having a career in the 90s that he just didn't get nominated at all for some reason. There was a lot of great performances in the 90s. He never got nominated until he did um, Pirates of the Caribbean. And in 2004, they were like, well, you know what? We'll give Johnny Depp a nomination for Finding Neverland, which, you know, <laughs> nobody remembers that movie at all. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Paul Giamatti gets shafted for Sideways, and the movie itself got nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. Virginia Madsen got nominated. Um, you know, you have to also realize that there's a system problem here, not just a racial problem. And, uh, and it's, and there's laziness and then there's just general stuff like that. That doesn't make any sense. People getting nominated that shouldn't get nominated movies that people go crazy for that will not be remembered the next, the next year. So I just wanted to say that uh, as far as the Oscars are concerned, there's a lot more other little, you know, stuff like that. Harrison Ford's only been nominated once, even though I don't think anybody's ever really considered Ford, like a great, great actor. He's had a lot of performances where you're like, you know, a guy who's loved like that, you would think he would have been nominated more than that. So there's a lot of little other issues in there. And I just wanted to say that before we went into the next podcast. All right. Well, uh, that's the Sincast for this week, whenever it, uh, whenever it airs. Uh, signing <laughs> off. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out Cinema Sins on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Tumblr and be sure to visit cinemasins.com If there's an emergency podcast situation jump on and <laughs> just uh, chat for a while and I can if just something see comes it. of it that's that's good I can emergency just see it I'm out I'm out uh, you know at the McDonald's down down the street and I get a I get a text message saying emergency <laughs> podcast we have to do it now We got to have a big like a red phone with a rotary dial <laughs> it's a life or death situation here. I don't nine know why, one, but I, I hear like action one. music. What's that? I hear action music under that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The love and death of Roman and Margaret Strauss has begun all over again. This is all far from over. Dead again. <laughs>